Alternative London podcast. I'm your host, Gary Means. In this episode, I sit down with the legendary Brazilian street artist Cranio, who was in London for his exhibition at Basement Space and, as always, painted plenty of walls while he was here. Cranio's work mostly centres around depictions of the indigenous Brazilian people uh, juxtaposed with the trappings of the modern world to highlight their current plight, but also creating metaphors for wider issues around the world, such as greed, overconsumerism, and corruption. We talk about his time in London, his background, and the various collaborations he's painted here this time around. Now, this is the first time we've translated an episode, so the voice that you hear is not Cranio's. Uh, more of that at the end, though. For now, this is the Alternative London Podcast with Cranio. Oh, that's real We used to have a, a double-decker bus uh, as our office and workshop, and at the opening party, there was this crazy Brazilian called Cranio, and he came and painted the side of it, and then came and painted the other side of it without our permission. And ten years later, here he is. It's Cranio on the Alternative London podcast. Bem-vindo, amigo. Obrigado. Obrigado. So when did you first come to London, and how was it your first time here? The first time I came to London was about nine years ago, in 2012, invited by a gallery called Zero Cool Gallery, and also due to a print project with Edward that's called Miller Print, which was also happening at the same time, and that invited me to produce a print. That time I stayed for about 20 days and painted in many places. And how's your trip to London this time been so far? Yes, all good, all good. Uh, the exhibition here was a success, the opening. I'm painting every day in several different places and seeing my old friends who I haven't seen in a few years due to the pandemic, of course. Uh, but now I'm back, so it's been super cool. Man, it's been great. The show, firstly, is just incredible. Uh, it's classic cranio, but each time it's just a little bit better. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much. And I'm glad that people recognize this because I work every day, every day, you know. It's been 25 years now, so thanks very much. Wow, so the show is called Lost in London 2. Um, it's in the amazing basement space, which is where we're at now. So we're in amongst the show. Um, and it's actually the second time we've recorded in this amazing space. Um, you've probably been to London about five times now, right? Even more. Uh, I don't know how many times anymore, but maybe ten. And like every time you come here, you paint so much. So the first few times, I think you did a lot of pieces on the street, a lot of solo work. And one time you did this collab with Mighty Mo that went on the front cover of Joe Epstein's book, London Graffiti and Street Art. And um, so that's like such a famous piece now in London. And since then, and on this visit, there's lots and lots of collaboration works, aren't they? You're always looking to paint with other people. Yeah, I really like to paint together with other artists to have this exchange of culture, you know, the techniques and the energy, the energy of people too. Like yourself, the first time you saw me, you said, 
You can come paint here, you can paint on my bus, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. I remember that time walking with you in Brick Lane and you were like, ah, can, can I paint here? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And you just got the cans out and started painting. And yeah, there's that rooftop that we went up that time and you ended up painting there and you just painted everywhere. And I, I loved your ethic and the way that you painted street art, but like a graffiti writer. And I really like to produce a lot on the street, in high volume. So like you, all the friends like you that have the permission of places to paint. When they invite me and say I can paint, I try to produce as much as I can, you know? So I do one, two, three, maybe in one go. So you started with graffiti, right? And pichasau, the traditional Brazilian style of graffiti lettering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 pichação, tags, uh, making throw-ups. I started with graffiti writing and letter style. And the style of cranio, the idea, when did that happen? I started doing graffiti in 98 and spent about 10 years only doing that writing letters, pichação style. I drew a few characters, but I always drew them on paper in my house. But on the streets, I would write my name. And then time passed. I started to realize that graffiti was a common style across America and Europe, which, which was just letters. Then I felt the need to create an identity more related to my country, something that was more unique and more national. And then I thought about designing a character and I created the indigenous. This was about 15 years ago, more or less. Amazing. Yeah, because the characters, they're obviously Brazilian, but the style is also very Brazilian. Uh, the really small lines that you can get with a spray can. Yeah, I have the character style and also have this technique, which is very Brazilian. O Gêmeos, already one of the pioneers to paint like this, with a thinner line, and other artists around the world also use this technique of doing one more fine art, a more detailed style. Yeah, and the, the name Cranio, it means skull, but it also means big brains, like in a clever aspect, yeah? So why, why Cranio? My nickname came from school when I was about 10 because I was very good at maths. So as I already had this nickname, Cranio, when I started doing pichação and graffiti, I just used my name. I didn't invent a crew or an abbreviation. I simply painted my nickname and it became my artistic name. <laughs> cool. Uh, did you study art or fine art? No. Holy shit. Yeah, I always painted graffiti. But man, the technique is so... There's not many people that I've seen that paint like you paint. It's incredible that you had no training to do that. And normally that's actually a good point as well with street art or, or any type of art, but mostly street art. For me to engage with a piece or like it, I kind of always think it needs at least one of these three things to give you an emotion, to make you sort of laugh or smile, or, uh, or to have a message behind it, uh, to make a statement, or, or thirdly, to be so technically good that it just blows you away. If it has one of them, that's great. Some artists have maybe two. You're one of the very few artists that do all of those things. And 
I don't know what to add to that because I didn't want to just sit here and kiss your ass today, but it's hard not to because I'm sitting here with your work around us. I'm looking at you, at your work, and it's just, it's very special stuff. But um, going back to the collaborations, because this trip you collaborated with Mau Mau, um, Dot Masters, JKs, Flem. They're four artists with totally different styles and with Mighty Mo as well. But you sort of managed to collab with these guys in a way that you always make sense of it and you always do something different with the work as well and um, i think particularly as well when i'm talking about the technical aspects and stuff like that i'm a huge fan of phlegm and i think that piece was one of the best pieces we've ever seen in london like uh, are you happy with that I'm better have it. Yeah. yeah and how is it to always create something different that makes sense with all of them yeah, um, to paint with all these people, that's new to me. It was a different art, but it was not so difficult because the guys are also very good. They are so smart and adapt easily to create together. So it was something that for me was actually easy. Do you think that's a Brazilian thing as well, to kind of adapt? Yeah, yeah. The thing is that in Sao Paulo we always paint graffiti together. Uh, we get together three, four people to paint a wall and make the same thing all together. So for me it's easy to paint with them. It's also because... When we started back in 98, there was no ink, there was no money, it was nothing really. So we would get together because one had a black spray and other had a friend who had a blue dye and a yellow one. <laughs> then we would put everything together and then everyone would paint together. Each one would do a letter. Wow, and then you just take it to another level. Yeah, uh, and then this is something that serves as a lesson, an example for life, you know? Because here, this is what we are doing right now, no? I am with the gallery doing a collaboration. I'm together with you doing a collaboration for the podcast. So on the streets is also getting together to do things. Life is like this for me. Graffiti also started like this for me. So it's all just kind of natural collaboration. It all connects. So when you're at the exhibition and people come to see your show and when you're painting on the walls, do you always interact so well with people? You always seem to be most comfortable when you're around other people. And your work is a lot about people as well, isn't it? Although the work is focused on the indigenous, it spans all aspects of society. That's right. Yeah, I like people and I like to have this solidarity and kindness with everyone. And I also like to have the positivity that it brings me because if I am a little rude or arrogant in life, it's going to come back to me in a way that I don't even expect it to. So I always try to do good and spread goodness so chatting to people being nice is, is natural it's natural for me it's something i like to do yeah nice um 
So we spoke about that a little bit before, but there's a very Brazilian style which uses extremely thin lines with the spray can. And I heard that that's from a paint preservation technique because paint was so expensive, you want to make the lines as small as you can so that you can use as little paint as possible. It became a different technique from the rest of the world, right? Within the world of graffiti and street art. Yeah, and I kind of mentioned as well that another artist that uses that style is Flem, who's from Sheffield in Yorkshire, and they say that people in Yorkshire are very careful with their finances, so uh, maybe that was the reason that he started doing that, but he's probably the only person in the UK that I know of that's taken it to the kind of same level that the guys have in um, in Brazil. Um, I was also going to talk a little bit as well about the indigenous in your work because it features a lot and how do you kind of feel about the current situation in Brazil with indigenous people but also with the state of the country in general as well because you bring such a positive vibe everywhere you go but a lot of things that you're talking about are quite critical, they're quite serious and, and quite heavy as well. Well, yeah, the situation in Brazil gets worse and worse. Every day that passes I see that the injustice towards indigenous people is very big and it only grows. There is no social equality and they are the country's locals, you know. I get very sad about it and I try to show something more ludic in my work. But the protests and denunciation comes from camouflaged in art. Comes camouflaged, you know, it's not very apparent. So I will never shut up and I will never accept this injustice with indigenous people and the Brazilians in general. Because the government, from what I've seen in the last few years especially, and from what I've lived through my whole life, is terrible. It only comes to complicate and destroy, to build and to add, has become a great thing, unfortunately. Yeah, and on that point as well, a lot of your work talks about and is critical of not just the struggle with indigenous people, but the struggle of rich and poor and disparity. Um, there's a lot of talk about money and finances. There's a lot of talk about greed and corruption. And as you start to become more successful, how do you kind of balance your own success and and uh, remain critical of the systems and still kind of stay uh, motivated to kind of um, create your own work? Well, uh, I put in my work things that I live, things that I see, that are in everyday human life. So. It's a reflection of what is happening these days. I've been addressing some issues which are excessive consumerism and corruption, which is widespread across the world by bad politicians. Most of them are corrupt and terrible people. So I see that everything I show in my work is a reflection of what I live and what people around me witness and experience. This then reflects the everyday life itself. Yeah, so do you think that that success has helped you in doing that? I see that I've got a little more visibility than others. It helps me take the message further and makes this fight more established. Because not only in art, but in life in general, we have to fight every day to survive. So I've been approaching these themes because it's part of my life too. 
But the thing is, I don't believe in fame. I believe in working and the work replicating because it's good, you know? So this fame comes from the daily battle, right? If I think I'm famous, I might stop doing what I'm doing and stuck and not evolve and not grow as an artist, as a painter. So it seems from the outside that all you do is travel and paint and travel and paint. Do you ever take time off and just relax? Do you ever spend time back home in Brazil uh, just to chill out a bit or you or you working constantly? Yes, uh, there are times when I stop to be with my son, you know, just to spend time with him. I have a 10-year-old son. Wow, he's 10 years now, is he? Yeah, my son Pedro. And sometimes I take a break to live family life and stuff. But what happens is that during my break when I'm with my son, sometimes I go and I do a little something in the studio or I'm going to play with him and we do painting. So in several aspects, I don't really stop because my work's fun. It's a very natural process in my life. Sometimes I'm not doing anything and I want to relax, so I go and I make a painting. Yeah, so, uh, so what's next? You're leaving London tomorrow and what else have you got coming up this year? So tomorrow I go to Barcelona. There I've got some jobs some commissions of murals to paint. I've also got a project in Germany that's still not confirmed, but that will probably be in September or so. So either I'll come back to Europe or I'll just stay. I don't know yet. There's also a gallery in France, Paris, that I was talking that, that was talking to me to go there and do something. But for now, I'm staying at least until the end of August. Nice. Um, anything else, Cranio, that you want to add before we finish? I wanted to say many thanks. I'm very happy to see my friends again and that everyone is healthy, alive and happy. That's the most important thing for me, to be happy as well, you know. Um, and thanks for the space given to me to carry my message across the work I believe in. I hope everyone can also believe that everything is possible. Let's make magic! <laughs> Man, it's always so exciting when we find out that you're going to come to London and it's always amazing to have you here. Thanks for everything you bring to the city. It's been great chatting to you and I really appreciate you coming and doing this. Muito obrigado, amigo. Muito obrigado você. Muito obrigado, you too, bro. <laughs> so good, Gary. Muito bom, cara. Thanks so much to Cranio for doing this on his last day in London. Thanks to Greg and Laura at Basement Space for hosting us. And thanks so much to Alice Motta for translating and Gabrielle Diaz for recording the parts of Cranio in English. You can see more of Cranio's work on his Instagram. The link's in the description. And as always, let us know what you think of this episode in the comments of this episode's post at Alternative LDM. This has been the Alternative London podcast with me, Gary Means, edited 